NPR News Radio, with news, talk, and entertainment from around the world and around the web. With your host, Christopher Simmons. For our first show during November 2005, we have several interesting news items from the Send2Press.com Newswire, as well as a live chat with author Zane Lalani, whose new book is called Teenager's Guide to the Beatles. Our musical guest is Scott G., the G-Man, who will introduce a track from his upcoming CD on Delvian Records called Motion Potion. In brief this week, we found the following stories of interest. A new interactive board game for football fans called First Down Derby is based on predicting when an offensive team does or does not achieve a first down during a series of downs. The game is played while watching or listening to any football game, and the game is gender neutral and easy to play for football parties. Up to 10 football fans can play at one time. To learn more, visit firstdownderby.com. A new book for parents and their babies by author Brian Hutchins reveals ancient Japanese strategy secrets for modern babies. Way of the Baby, a book of five grins, is a unique and artistic view into strategies and techniques babies use to grow and gain mastery over their parents. Writing from the perspective of a legendary samurai baby, Saya Karamoto, author Brian Hutchins plays the role of the translator to create a novel effect. Several powerful images from award-winning artist Yashiro Suzuki add poignancy and beauty to the work. The book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and the ISBN is 059-5358-853. Learn more about the book at SamuraiBaby.com. For younger children, a new picture book by Julie Ackerson Chico's called The Life of Riley the Cat will take children on an enduring journey of self-worth. The Life of Riley the Cat is an uplifting, heartwarming tale about a curious cat who is awakened from a leisurely nap by an unfamiliar noise. The mysterious clamor leads to an encounter with an arrogant crow who impels Riley on a journey of personal exploration in search of her own purpose. According to the author, quote, The book weaves a tale that is not only endearing and engrossing, but teaches kids valuable life lessons. The rich and inviting illustrations pull children into this amiable story of worthiness, courage, and acceptance, unquote. The book is available at major booksellers, including Borders, and the ISBN number is 141-2058-589, and is published by Trafford Publishing. For more information on these and other business, technology, and entertainment news stories, visit send2press.com forward slash newswire. For more book-related news, visit publishersnewswire.com. Our guest for this show is author Zane Lilani, a lifelong Beatles fan who has written a new book, Teenager's Guide to the Beatles. Like many Beatles fans who became parents, Zane played Beatles songs such as Yellow Submarine for his young daughter, Rihanna. She took an interest in their music, and by the time she was a preteen, began to ask questions about the Beatles' lives and music. Zane found some books for young children, but the limited information didn't satisfy Rihanna's interest. After searching the vast number of prior books on the Beatles, as well as websites, Zane wasn't able to find something suitable for her age group, so he decided to research and write about the Beatles for her. 
and this later led to the book. But let's chat with Zane and let him tell his own story. Hi, Zane, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Hey. I'm assuming that Beatles music is a part of your life in some way since you obviously wrote this book. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about the long and winding road you've taken from being a fan of the Fab Four to writing Teenager's Guide to the Beatles. Yes, when, um, as I was growing up, I always felt that uh, it would be great if my kids um, got in, into the Beatles. And sure enough, uh, when my daughter was young, you know, I played the Beatles music, and she really uh, took to them. So over the years, um, she began to ask me uh, questions about the Beatles. And as I told her stories behind the songs, behind the albums, um, she wanted to read something about them, and I could not find any books that were appropriate for her age. She was about um, seven or eight at the time. So then I began to write uh, a little bit about the Beatles for her, and as it took quite a while, uh, I decided that I'm going to write to her, write about the Beatles for uh, the teenage um, age group. And one thing that led to another uh, led to publishing the book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? What's uh, what's in the book? What does someone get from reading it? And uh, what uh, what interests the teenager who might be reading the book? Yeah, well, the book is basically a biography of the Beatles, and what uh, I have tried to portray in there, uh, specifically for uh, the teenagers, is I'm trying to get them to feel the emotions the fans felt at the time. I want to let them see how big the Beatles were and how important they were to pop culture. The other thing that I have also done is I have researched a lot of newspaper articles uh, during the years the Beatles were popular and put in fan information, fan reaction, uh, fan antics uh, during the height of Beatlemania. And, of course, fans at the time were teenagers, and therefore these fans probably can relate to those fans. Great. Well, what's uh, what's the most different about being a teenage fan of the Beatles today versus, say, 30 years ago? When, for those of us who grew up uh, listening to the Beatles, you know, we tend to place the Beatles in certain eras, the early years, the middle years, the psychedelic years. Right. Well, today's teenagers have a different perspective. You know, they grew up listening to the Beatles uh, what the parents listened to, perhaps songs on the radio or just songs, you know, from some of the CDs. And many of them grew up listening to the album Beatles One, which is a compilation of some of their number one hits. So today's teenage fans don't put the Beatles in any kind of era, but they're more focused on certain songs or perhaps one or two of the Beatles uh, as opposed to the group in general or eras. Right, so they're not necessarily looking at something like Help or Sgt. Pepper's as like a storybook, like the way we grew up, you know, where you sit there listening to the whole, you know, album all the way through, looking Correct. at the pictures and getting, you know, exactly what the band was conveying with the album. Uh, today it's a lot more, you know, single-oriented or pop-oriented, what people are hearing with the, with the Beatles. Right, and... They, they can't seem to place where um, Hard Day's Night was one of the early songs versus Hey Jude being a later song. Um, it, they can't place that in any kind of era. It's just another song. 
so your book uh, goes over sort of the context of each of the songs or or the albums or the history of the Beatles so that they can sort of put all their, their music and songs into some kind of context. Exactly. And what I have done, in addition to just making it a plain biography, is that I have gone album by album, you know, covered how they made their music and selected a few songs from each album and given them a little bit background uh, of, of those songs to kind of give them a feel of how difficult it was, yet easy for the Beatles uh, to make these songs, and at the same time, how they came up with it in the context of the era of the 60s and, and their competition. Um, I certainly make sure that these fans understand that the, the Beatles certainly had their mentors, the folks from the uh, 50s, Elvis and Chuck Berry and so on, and they also thrived on the competition of their contemporaries, you know, like the Beach Boys, Bob Dylan, as well as the Rolling Stones. What's your favorite uh, part of the book? Um, what uh, particularly uh, jazzed you up about writing it, and what, uh, when you look through it, you know, what part of researching or reliving the Beatles' history really uh, got you excited? I really enjoyed uh, covering the years when they toured, uh, you know, around the world. The, the stories behind the tours, what they had to go through, uh, was great. Um, it, it really gives you the feel uh, of, of what Beatlemania was about. And when I was doing that, um, I came up with a lot of uh, tidbits, uh, little trivia uh, information uh, about the tours, about the fans. So I decided to go ahead and uh, call certain section sidebars called uh, Beetle Bits. And I go ahead and uh, throughout the book and put in little uh, bits of information, a little bit of trivia that it doesn't take away from the main story, but yet adds to the understanding of the Beatles and of, of the, of the uh, 1960s. Well, it's funny. Uh, the Beatles are still very, very popular today. I was reading something online not too long ago about uh, Amazon.com's 10th anniversary. And... Um, I think in the top ten of, the, of their overall sales, uh, the Beatles are still in the top ten of, I think, both music and uh, related, uh, you know, pop culture items. When um, in, in the late '90s, when I began to go to Beatles festivals, um, I began to see a lot of young, uh, you know, folks under 30 um, at these festivals, and they probably make up a third to a half uh, of, of fans who go to these festivals. And besides the fact that they were just enjoying the music at these festivals, um, you would, you'd see them pack bags and bags uh, of, of goods of the, uh, from Beatles, from, like you said, albums and, 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 uh, and books, but also um, other, other uh, stuff that, that was really more 60s, and yet these kids are just buying them up. Well, it's funny. Um, you know, the Beatles have always been... Uh compared to classical music in some ways as far as um, its timelessness. And it's interesting that a lot of the early classical composers were really famous for, you know, hundreds of years. Right. And I think uh, I think we're going to see the same thing with the Beatles in that unlike some of the, you know, sort of more spurious bands or one-hit wonders, the Beatles have really not only transformed music but have this catalog that is really timeless. They have so many different types of music and so many songs which are 
you know, just as good today as they were 35 years ago or, or 30 years ago or, or 20 years ago, depending on the era. And um, it's really kind of cool to see that uh, so many people today, uh, you know, here I am, I'm in my 40s now, and I still love the Beatles, but it's so cool to be able to, you know, see someone today who's, who likes the, the Beatles just as much as they like Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or more. Yeah, or more. And, 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 or, you know, I mean, certainly I liked the, you know, the sort of more second tier pop when I was a kid, like the Monkees, which were kind of a ripoff of the Beatles. But um, definitely the Beatles still have a lot to say uh, as far as entertainment value today. Right. Well, when um, I went to the Paul McCartney's concert, and of course I took my daughter uh, with me, uh, it was just amazing when you look just down the row and you'll see, you know, someone in their 80s and you see someone that's six years old and when Hey Jude comes on, you know, everyone's singing along with it and, you know, whether it's a new song or an old song, uh, it seems to uh, touch everyone. Well, obviously, uh, your daughter was an inspiration in writing this book, uh, so do you happen to know what her favorite Beatles song is? and. How does she compare the Beatles and uh, you know their their backlog of music to, to perhaps the modern pop bands she listens to as well? Well, her songs um, change by the week. Her favorite songs change <laughs> of course. by the week, <laughs> and, and her favorite albums. Um, and there was a time when when she loved Yellow Submarine, and it's gone to you know Let It Be now because she heard Paul play that at the concert. But really. Um, she's, she's just, in general, a, a general Beatles fan, and uh, she hasn't picked any, any one, uh, either uh, one, one Beatle or a song uh, that, that is her favorite. And that probably goes back to what we talked about earlier, is that these are uh, song, song-oriented um, fans, uh, unlike, unlike uh, album-oriented. And when, we, uh, when she compares it to some of the uh, bands uh, today, some of the early ones like the Backstreet Boys, uh, or or Britney or a couple of the new ones that uh, that she listens to today, she consi- consistently says that uh, none of them can can come close to the Beatles. So you know that does say a lot about them. That's pretty cool. Um, how have uh, the people who've been reading your book responded? And uh, you know the press and music fans. What kind of feedback have you gotten on the book so far? Well, it's been uh, fairly good. Um, I've had a reasonably good response uh, from the press. Uh, primarily uh, from um, from radio, uh, from the uh, uh, stations that do play uh, the oldies music, and I have had a lot of interviews with them, and, and the DJs have been very positive about the book. From the, the fans themselves, you know, I can basically break them down to two. There's the parents, and then there are the kids. Um, the parents love it, uh, constantly get emails thanking me for thinking about the next generation, or just telling me, telling me that this is something they've been looking for for years, or wish it was there when they were kids. And then there are the kids themselves. Um, the response is different. They do tell me they like the book, but many of them do tell me that they've written book reports about it, and they're using this book to influence um, other uh, their peers um, to to uh, get into the Beatles. So it's kind of an interesting response. Yeah, you know, I was. Uh... <laughs> So the life cycle the other day, I had, I had uh, the new Paul McCartney album, the new Rolling Stones album, the new Depeche Mode album, and the new Franz Ferdinand re- album uh, on shuffle. And I was listening to them going, you know, what an interesting mix of music. Wow, yeah. And the first thing I thought of when I was listening to the new Paul McCartney album is that he's really got um, 
some kind of nice throwbacks to um, sort of the, the golden era of the Beatles, perhaps, which was the Sgt. Pepper era. Right. And uh, also uh, sort of something more along the lines of his Vanilla Sky song here recently. Right. And um, it holds up really well. Uh, you know, when you're playing and listening to something like Franz Ferdinand, which is, you know, sort of more, a little bit more uh, alt-rock now. Right. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the new McCartney album? You know, I really, really like it, and I definitely think that it's probably one of his best solo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that at this age he's still been able to come up with such good music. Um, I think he played some of the songs at the concert, and um, he just sounded great. Sounded really great, and I recommend it um, very highly. Yeah, I think his um, he's kind of like the, the living testament of the Beatles now, because obviously... Um with two of the uh, Fab Four passed away and uh, Ringo doing his own uh, all-star tours out right. there. Uh, he, obviously, you know, while Ringo is, you know, quite amazing person in his own right, it's uh, quite a different thing to hear, you know, McCartney get up there on the piano and, and play Hey Jude. Yeah. Um, it just takes you back. And, uh, yeah, the new album, it's really, really good. Um, what else would you like people to know about your book? Uh, what... Uh, well, um, I can just say that it's a, it's a, a book that's um, easy to read. It's fast-paced. Um, kids won't get bored with it. And it's a good introduction uh, to take him into the next step, not just into the Beatles, but into the rest of classic rock. Uh, and I think that's, that's important um, uh, to know that uh, this is not just a Beatles uh, book, but it, it's really a good stepping stone for them to understand the, the music of the 50s and the 60s and how important it is to pop culture today. Well, great. Uh, do you plan on doing any more books? Uh, you know, what's next for you, and how can people learn more about this book? Well, uh, it, it's interesting you mentioned about uh, more books because um, I, I, I'm a business consultant, so this was just a hobby for me. But uh, a lot of parents um, have written and suggested that uh, I should write uh, about the other bands of the 60s, you know, the Who and the Rolling Stones and so on. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they realize um, how hard it is to research and, and write about these. So uh, nothing uh, in the near future, but you never know. And uh, if folks want to, to learn more about the book, um, they can come to my website. It's um, um, averstreampress.com, uh, and it's available at uh, all major bookstores and uh, all major online stores. Well, great. Well, thanks for visiting with us, Zane, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you again when you have your uh, next book out. So maybe in a year or two we'll be talking about uh, the Stones or the Who or uh, Dylan or, you know. All of them together. All of them together, yeah. Great. Thank thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks to Zane for chatting with us. Again, his book is Teenager's Guide to the Beatles from Averstream Press, and you can learn more at AverstreamPress.com. The book's ISBN number is 096-657-4079. In our new music feature for this show, you'll hear Scott G., who records as the G-Man, introduce a track from his upcoming CD on Delvian Records. 
The CD, called Motion Potion, coming in early 2006, is Scott's latest in a series of popular CDs which are played in dance clubs around the world and which have also been heard in numerous commercials. According to Scott, quote, I create music that sounds pleasantly strange yet eerily familiar at the same time. I perform songs that fit perfectly into late-night radio programs and write music tracks that make commercials sound powerful, unquote. Scott is a member of NARAS, the Grammy Organization, and the National Association of Record Industry Professionals. Scott will first introduce the track, Welcome to Groovetown, and tell us a little bit about it, and then we'll actually hear the song. Hi, this is Scott G. I write and record under the name The G-Man. My new album is called Motion Potion. It's on Delvian Records. It will be on iTunes, Real Rhapsody, and distributed by Gate Media Group. It's eight instrumentals on Motion Potion. They're in such genres as trance, dance ambient, and what some people around here are calling explosive chill. The reason I did Motion Potion was that I wanted to mix several different genres of dance in one album. I wanted to make beats available for remixing. In fact, Matt Forger, who some of you know as Michael Jackson's recording engineer, is making a remix of the song that you're going to hear, Welcome to Groovetown. I like structuring different kinds of sounds with traditional nightclub dance, hard club uh, type approaches. I've got choir on some things. I've got a jazz piano coming up in in Welcome to Groovetown. And I always use what I call the classic song structure, even on an instrumental. There's a verse and a chorus. Then the verse comes back and the chorus comes back with a slight variation. And then there's a bridge. Then we go back to the verse and chorus. I know that uh, the sound quality is incredibly important. That's why it was mastered by Art Syetsky at Art Mastering. He makes me sound great. And then Phil Hatton Design makes me look great because Phil is doing the album cover package. It's three pink ellipses or parabolas or semicircles, oblate spheroids, or or it's a life-size female breast, depending upon how you view the image. So we'll just see which websites will run the album cover and which sites won't. So here's Welcome to Groovetown, probably the slowest track on Motion Potion.
Thanks to Scott for sharing his new music with us. You can learn more about Scott G., the G-Man, at gmanmusic.com and delvianrecords.com. And you will be able to purchase the CD at record stores and online, including on iTunes in early 2006. The UPC EAN number for the CD is 6-75604-93112-0. That's our show for this week. Remember, you can always find the latest edition of this show at prnewsradio.com or at send2press.com forward slash podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes by searching for Send2Press Newswire. PR News Radio is a service of Neotrope. It's copyright 2005. Learn more about us at prnewsradio.com.